Joining us now here on the show to talk about where this is headed and what the U.S. should do now is James Carafano. He is the vice president for foreign and security policy at the Heritage Foundation and a great military analyst. Um, James, what are your thoughts first off about this hypersonic missile um, with reports that, of course, Putin used it this weekend? And why do you think he's doing that? I, it's a it's a great question. And it's actually exactly the first thing that came to my mind is why? I mean, it's like using a Porsche to take your kids to school. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, hypersonic weapons are designed to defeat high end air defense systems to strike really vital targets. These are incredibly expensive missiles uh, really for designed for to, to strategically threaten their enemies and and why you would throw one you know in Ukraine to blow up an ammo dumper it just makes I mean, it doesn't make any logical sense I mean it's not that it, somehow this was going to scare the Ukrainians into surrender I mean you know when, when it blows up it's just it's just a bomb so it, I mean the Ukrainians can't really tell the difference they wouldn't have known it was a hypersonic weapon except people kept, you know, told him that, but it's unlikely the Russians got a million of these things to lob at them. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and dumb bombs would have worked just as well. So it is a bit of a head scratcher to be honest with you. I mean, look, so if people remember back uh, during the U uh, S invasion, I want to say it was a Panama uh, and we used stealth fighters for the reason just because we wanted to test them out in combat. Um, and uh, they really weren't necessary, but, you know, but we just wanted to see how they, you know, wanted to eat. So I suppose there's a possibility, well, the Russians were, but, but that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. There's no man in the loop here. There, there's nothing shooting at a, a target in Ukraine is no different than, you know, shooting at a target range. So it is, it's, it's, but look, everything Putin has done since the first day of this war, when his plan fell apart, they have literally been making this up as they go along, and uh, and, and so who knows? I, I, I you cannot tell from the available evidence what they could possibly be thinking. That's one one of the, the things, you, well, you know what it seems like, um, James, that they are also trying to up the ante. I mean, that's like sort of like, and and this comes, and I want to get your reaction to um, some of these stories are just heartbreaking. That have happened, as you know, in the last few days, um, James, you know, uh, first, of course, that attack, um, as we know, in the theater, the maternity hospital, the art school, um, shopping mall now in Kiev, um, this report of a Holocaust survivor. You know, here's a guy who went through four concentration camps and he's killed in Ukraine by Russian strikes. And it's also coming as there are reports of potentially concentration camps sort of being set up like work camps being set up in Russia where they're deporting Ukrainians telling them, okay, you know, we're going to send you to some work location or you're coming back. And then these people are never to be seen from It's getting really scary stuff, James. Well, I mean, there's two sides to this. One is of course the Russians deny that they're doing anything wrong. And this, at this point, it's kind of reached self parody. You know, talked about, you know, at some point, your propaganda becomes so disconnected from reality that the propaganda itself actually becomes the greatest indictment of your regime. You know, people remember the the, the uh, Lenny Reifenstahl documentaries of uh, Hitler's 
Nazi Germany, you know, triumphed of the will and, and the one on the 36 Olympics, and we still watch them because now they just remind us of the great evil of Hitler. And of course, they were made to actually you know, promote Hitler. But this is, I think, part of the problem here is, is these atrocities are so grotesque, and they're not going to stop because they're literally just going after civilian targets. So these stories are going to come out again and again and again. It makes their propaganda and their justification look, even look more ridiculous. The, the, the flip side of that is this is really contributing more to the isolation of, of Russia and, and actually strengthening the resolve of the West to support the Ukrainians. And the, the one thing that we've seen here is, look, as long as they keep those supply lines open, and it doesn't seem the Russians have the ability to close them, the West is going to send more arms, and the more the atrocities increase, they're going to send more sophisticated weapons and more ammunition and more food and more medical supplies. Um, and the Ukrainians are going to be able to fight on forever. And uh, but you know Hitler, I mean Hitler, <laughs> Putin has. Yeah. By the way, know, he, it, not too much different, James. <laughs> well, you know, Hitler had a mustache. He, he was a little shorter, but um, you know, uh, he he's just decided that that he is going to punish it's not even about victory anymore it's it's he can no longer just pound the ukrainians into submission that's just not going to work so literally he is punishing the ukrainians for their failure to submit to him yes so where do you see this headed um james you just have a few minutes left where do you see james carafano at headed well you know you know i'm thousands of miles from the battlefield with you know the same information everybody else has if if we listen to the reports from the Ukrainians. And, you know, by the way, in the last couple of days, 300,000 Ukrainians have gone back into Ukraine to fight against the Russians. I saw that. That's great. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, and um, it looks like it's going towards a frozen conflict, that either uh, the and, and uh, the Russians probably, it's very doubtful at this point the Russians will achieve their military objectives. And, and it's it's possible at this point there could be actually be some Ukrainian counterattacks, and the Russians couldn't even hold everything they've taken. That, that's, I think, uh, the current assessment. It seems to me reasonable based on what we know. And real quick, where do you see, I guess, the end game? I mean, do you see an end result, or do you think, as you just said a, a few seconds ago, maybe this is going to go on for a long time? Well, look, I mean, the problem for the Ukrainians, first of all, they have to negotiate from a position of strength, otherwise they're just surrendering. But they can't go back to a status quo. And, you know, a ceasefire or, you know, another – that's just that's just a crisis before the next crisis. So they've got to get to some endpoint in which they can be sure there's not a crisis after this. That is either NATO membership or Ukrainian neutrality that doesn't restrict the Ukraine from the size of its military or the arms it can have or the military exercises – or, or, or even basing the foreign troops on their soil, which is essentially what Finland has, um, which is neutrality in word only, because Finland, in every respect, the name is actually part of the NATO um, perimeter, really. Uh, if, if you don't get to that, then it's just the crisis before the next crisis. But I will say is the Russian military is going to have to rearm and reset after this. So it's going to be months, if not years, before Putin can threaten to invade anybody else. That's well, well, let's we hope this ends peacefully. I mean, that's the that is, of course, the the most important thing in the short term. Um, James Carafano, thank you so much, and thank you for your great perspective um, and joining us tonight. It is such an important and critical time, and we greatly appreciate it. James Carafano, Vice President there at the Heritage Foundation. Thanks, James, very much. Well, thanks for having me, and, and thanks for your for your show because it's just that. 
It's just great. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 